Well, Barker, I don't know about you, but uh, on the first full day of spring training, got to tell you, I'm, I think I can report that I'm pretty much in the best shape of my life. No I don't know kidding. about you. I don't know about you. Wow. I think I can pretty much report that Long I'm in the best shape, at least in the last 15 years. Best shape ever. Uh, the last 15 years, probably. I mean, everybody's in the best shape, right? Vladdy's in the best shape. You saw Vladdy. Vladdy's in his best shape. Alejandro yeah. Kirk's in his best shape. Ale- yeah. Alec Manoa's in his I, I, I don't understand why anybody under the age of 26 would tell someone they're in the best shape of their career. It's the least you can do. It's the least you can do. Yeah, I think it's now between all three of those guys, it's not talent anymore. Everybody else in the big leagues has talent just like they do. Now it's you got to play catch up and you got to be the best version of yourself you possibly can be. And I think Vladdy sort of realized, Alec Manoa sort of realized, and, you know, sort of the rubbers met the road with Kirky. Like it's, you know, it used to be, you know, you, you, you hit the way you hit because of the way you look and the appearance and, you know, just the bat the ball skills is mm. way better. Yeah, yeah. Maybe when you have to play more because the, the the other catcher doesn't always play as much as everybody would like him to, I think they've they've sort of take a long look in the mirror and said, "Hey, you know, I need to play catch up here." Well, uh, you can probably tell from Barker, everybody, that we're back uh, from eleven to uh, noon Eastern on Sportsnet five ninety The Fan of Sportsnet TV. Uh, time around March twentieth will be shifted to two to four p.m. Three days before the Jays open the twenty twenty four championship season. Wow. <laughs> just roll right well, off the no, they used to, on They it. used to always used to say they, every team uh, used to call the twenty. Well, that's not what you anyway. told me before the, the show. 20, started. Yeah, they're going to open the twenty twenty four season at the Trop <laughs> against the Tampa Rays. What can go wrong? Uh, uh, but there's a lot of time between now and then. And Kevin, you know what I say: between the start of spring training and the start of opening day, nothing good can happen. Rap. Nothing good can happen. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, look, pretty much every team could put together their roster right now. Um, the only thing that's going to happen, frankly, is somebody's going to get hurt. But um, that doesn't mean there won't be points of emphasis for the Blue Jays. This is a team, after all, that won three fewer regular season games than it last year than it did the year before. It's a team that uh, spit out the bit in the uh, playoffs against... Well, they did. I could say they choked <laughs> against the Minnesota Twins. Wow. No, come on. Um, and I don't want to get into the whole dissertation of how that, that game unwound uh, because that's been pounded to death. But... Um, but yeah, I mean, look, th- there's uh, there's some business that needs to be done here. What w- what are you going to be focused on this spring? And you're going down in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. So what are you going to be focused on this spring? And who are you going to be focused on this spring? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a. I think there's quite a few people. The first thing I think is trust. I for whatever reason, there's a dark cloud when it comes to that word of trust uh, between. You know the khakis. Uh, it took me three minutes to drop it's that. Very good. Yeah, three twenty-one. The khakis, the khakis, the the offensive side of the ball. And that's not the pitching side. It just doesn't seem like that part of it is is wavered when it comes to the the information, how they present it, how they go out and execute it. Now it may be with when they take them out of the game, and that's a whole different story. But I just think the trust between that part of it, the offensive side. Uh, the manager and the players, look, you can say what you want to say about John, the way the season ended, I don't think it's the best of, of looks, right? And then you hear the GM come out and say what he said. Like, there's some things there that need to be mended. And I'm not sure if winning is the only way that it's mended. Oh, I, I think it has to be. Oh, well, I think it's going to help you. I think the, the veteran leadership that they do have, you know, Bo seems to want to raise his hand and be the guy in the middle of the room. 
and we'll see if that works. So I think that's one of the things for me. You know, it's that when John takes a pitcher out the beginning of the season when everybody thinks he shouldn't take him out, how will that be accepted? Not by us. Well, who cares what we think? It's about the, the 26 guys in that room and just because of the way the season ended. Yeah. And this is a veteran team. So that'll be the one of the, one of the things that I think is a big deal, especially in spring training. And how, this, how did the speech go? And, you know, everybody talks about the speech. Well, John, you talk and, about the speech. And that's, how did it go? Well, I mean, John, uh, generally the manager in the first full day of workouts gets everybody together. Uh, John Gibbons used to say it's the only time I have their attention. Um, yeah, it didn't last get everybody. Long. I was in that, man. It didn't last long. Yeah, they get together and it's, you know, turn the page, looking looking forward, we new guys in here, a lot of support, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, go get them. By the way, Buck Martinez will join us later on in the show. He's actually had to make that speech. Yeah. So we'll talk to him about that. Um, but, yeah, look, uh, it, it's – I've been surprised, frankly. I maybe – maybe I'm just not getting it, but Given the way that the regular or given the way the playoffs ended, given the way those two news conferences or the, you know, John Schneider's postseason uh, take and then Ross Atkins postseason take and then Mark Shapiro kind of coming in and, and, and smoothing things over. And frankly, Mark probably should have if Mark had, had been the, the had, had, had spoken first. I think a lot of this would be no done. Question. But I mean, it's almost like and I wrote this in Sportsnet Thoughts. It's almost like they just decided that it didn't happen. There have been no follow up. Uh, interviews that I know of with John oh, wow. Schneider where he's talked about it. I don't think Ross Atkins has gone into detail about that. John Schneider, did he do, and I'm not criticizing him, but did he do an interview in the offseason after the winter meetings? Uh, I don't think so. So there is, look, if, if you want to put two and two together and read a whole bunch of stuff and be a conspiracy theorist, uh, there's a lot that can grab your attention with this team. But uh, I want to move on to, and, and, and you're right about the the sense of trust. I I think there has to be somehow there has to be a clear indication that everybody's got everybody's back in this organization. Seems to matter. Um, let's <laughs> let's focus on the field, though. Mm -hmm. uh, what I mean by that is the work that needs to be done in the field. Yeah, okay, we, I, I think we're on the same page here. You need to see rebounds from Alejandro Kirk. You need to see rebound a rebound from Alec Manoa after what happened last year. Frankly, I don't see how it could go any worse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll argue about this all year. I would say you need to see more from Vladdy. I'm with you. But at the same time, you look at Vladdy's numbers and, you know, it, it, it was not the worst year in the history of Major League Baseball. Let's just, let's just put it that way. Um, well, you listen to some, you would think so. You would think it's the worst season any quote-unquote superstars ever but, had. But you need to see, those are the three guys you need to see a rebound from. Yeah, right. I think so. I think there's a lot of pressure because of what the GM has said. And, and you know, I don't want to throw everything off the GM and what he said out loud, but he has came out and said that, you know, it's the core. We know who the core is. Like, for me, it's two dudes. And they it's haven't the, added the to the short, core this year. They haven't added to no, the core There this is year. no adding. It's two guys. It's the shortstop. He's predictable. It's the first baseman who we think has another gear left because of the way we saw the year ago that he played in Buffalo. Like, that's the guy he's pointing the finger at, and he's throwing a lot of this on the coaches. Like the, And I don't know if that's, you know, he's trying to say basically that the front office is going to get out of the way because of the way the season ended, because of the way the conversations were. This gets back to that trust thing. Just doesn't seem offensively like, like there's a ton of confidence mm. in whatever. Like I, And that, for me, I just don't understand. Like, these are grown men. You would think grown men, Jeff, know how to say no. 
No, I'm good. I don't really want that. I, and I don't think sometimes with this organization, especially with the people that I've talked to, that that's a that's they're capable of doing that. So I think Donnie Baseball, Don Mattingly being whatever Donnie Baseball is, and I'm not even sure what that is. What is that? He ain't the hitting coach, is he? I uh, the offensive coordinator. I don't know if I've even heard of that. What what does that what does that tell you? Like a look breaking ball and a in a fastball kind. Of like I don't. I think he decides whether or not to go on. on you know what it is? Going fourth down. You know, you know, with Guillermo Martinez, and no disrespect, why would I walk up to Guillermo Martinez on a veteran team and say, how did you used to do it? Oh, you didn't used to do it. I think this is where they're at, right? They need it when it's going bad be able to walk up to somebody who's been there and done it before, have that in-game conversation. And again, you know, I sometimes think it's a little silly, but boy, everybody you talk to seems to think that's a big deal. So maybe with Donnie Baseball being a little bit more involved and a little bit more hands-on when it comes to the offensive side, especially at home, there is zero confidence in this lineup hitting at home. Are Why you, is that? And I think maybe Donnie Baseball would help that. Are you surprised that we didn't see more change? on the staff and maybe in the front office. I mean, really, the, the, the change was that Dave Hudgens was punted down to, to, I don't know, I guess be minor league hitting coordinator or whatever the hell it is. Um, well, and, I think and when Luis Chapman Ru- left, and Louis, that, Louis Rivera, that made it easier. That was Chapman's Luis guy. Luis Rivera right? retired. Yeah, yeah, well. that, that was Chapman's guy. That, uh, so, so, look, I, I think sometimes, again, this is why whenever you hear the GM come out and say about the conversation within the room, we're throwing it off on the core and the coaching staff. I think they're trying to do that. And what better way to do it than almost a borderline Hall of Famer in Donnie Baseball being a little bit more hands-off on. And I think that will hopefully help get them all headed in the right direction and give them confidence, which they don't have for some reason. All right. Which is odd. Obviously, the the... The gaping hole in terms of the lineup is at third base. Uh, Matt Chapman has not signed anywhere. Neither has Cody Bellinger. Neither has Blake Snell. Neither has Jordan Montgomery. The Boris Four. Uh, you know, it's it's it, it's going to be interesting if this goes on for a long time because those are guys who can one or two of them. If a team were to get two of them, I mean, they can completely change how a team views its postseason chances. If Blake Snell goes to the Giants, yeah. they got a better what chance. What are you saying? What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is those four guys are still out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's no indication the Jays, you know, obviously, it, I mean, Ross Atkins said they're in a position right now where if they were to add somebody, they'd probably have to subtract somebody. Mm-hmm. So we, that's off the table. Third base right now appears to be Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, uh, Kevin, Kevin Biggio, Biggio mm-hmm. um, Justin Turner, maybe. Uh, Arelvis Martinez, I think they're looking at him as second base. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's basically where we are where we are right now at third base. Um, it, it's interesting when you look at this lineup because the major acquisitions, Kevin Kiermaier is back. Justin Turner is a major acquisition. Isaiah, Isaiah kind of left as a major acquisition. They've added Eduardo Escobar and Daniel Vogel back on, on minor league invitations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like if you look at this lineup and you try to say, all right, what's what's kind of the common theme here? It almost seems to be as if there has been an emphasis this year, 
And we know the Jays made a play for Shohei Otani and didn't get him. And it's almost as if the emphasis was, okay, put that off to the side. That's a a one-time thing. Let's focus on trying to cut down on the number of strikeouts we have in the lineup. If you look at the analytics, the underlying numbers behind this lineup now, Mm -hmm. there seems to be less raw power than in recent years. Yeah. There seems to be an emphasis on avoiding strikeouts. And I wonder, Kevin, one, I don't think anything happens accidentally. I think stuff is done by design. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that is a reflection of the, bo- of, of, of the ballpark, that maybe the Jays, you know, it's a reflection of, of, of the market. There's, other than Cody Bellinger, there's really, there really wasn't a slugger out there that would really get you excited. Yeah. But I wonder if maybe we're not seeing kind of a subtle philosophical shift in the part of the Blue Jays. Well, again, we, we've talked to, I, I have, I've talked to everyday guys. I mean, we had Bo on this show that said out loud that there was conflict when it come to, I laid into one to wherever I laid into it and didn't go anywhere. Yep. Like that, that's a big deal. And just to throw in the numbers here, right? They were five games above 500. Rankings at home in the MLB, they were 21st in homers. They were 23rd in RBIs. They were 23rd in runs scored. They scored 60 more, 62 more runs on the road. They were 20th in total bases. They hit into the 10th most double plays at home. This gets back to that thing about confidence and Donnie baseball. They didn't have any. Like, I, well, they had for, they for, had Donnie baseball last year. It's I understand, not like, but I mean, it, he was, it, it, he was it, there last year when all this I, happened. Everybody I talked to seemed like he wanted to stay out of the way. Now this seems like, for whatever reason, whether it's well, and, gets back to your point about did other coaches want to come here that could give the same advice or, you know, that had done it to the level that Donnie Baseball's done it before and actually had a little bit of clout in the room, can raise their hand and go, hey, well, stop swinging we at also that. Need, do this. But we also need to have better reproaches. Don't do that. Like, that's the point. But Kevin, he, the guy was also the bench coach. Like, he, <laughs> you know. There, you know as well as I do, and he came out and said this. I ain't stepping on no toes here. There's a heading coach, and I'm a bench coach. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. His his responsibilities, That's I'm answering my own question, basically, but his responsibilities were such that he wasn't able to have his hand in the in, in the hitting uh, the whole time. That, that clearly will not be the case this year. He'll have a major impact uh, on that, and DeMarlo Hale will be uh, the bench coach. I think a lot, to your point, a lot of the good things got to go right, right? Uh, you, you just look at it. Danny Jansen's got to play more games. I know a lot of this is not his fault, but he's got to, I mean, 80, 90 games, that a lot to ask? I mean, Alejandro Kirk's out playing him the last couple of years. That can't happen for me. Like, he can change the game by hitting three-run homers. That's a big deal. Money swings. That is a big deal. Hitting home runs with runners in scoring position. They were 26th in baseball. There was only three teams that had fewer than that with 34. That's the Guardians, the White Sox, and the Royals. That's not good enough. They only had... One, they they had a couple of dudes with only four homers with runners in scoring position. Mm. That can't happen. Like, it has to get better. Is that an approach? Is that confidence? Is that the park? Like, it's to the point where listen to the people that matter. It doesn't matter anymore about the feelings part of it, at the park you play in. It's about getting it done. And this gets back to that trust and just everything that goes into game planning and being who you are. Now, <laughs> this gets back to that Vladdy thing. That's going to help a ton if he can sort of turn the corner and be that guy that everybody wants him to be. That would help a lot. Justin Turner's not going to hurt. Is he? Will he carry the team for three months? Probably not, but he ain't going to hurt. I mean, he had, what, three over 330 last year, runners to scoring position. That's a big deal. 
But it's those money swings. It's that confidence hitting at home. That's a big deal. They have to figure out ways to fix that because if you look at the rotation, where you play last year, a lot of things. When you've said this, everything like went lot, well last they year. Did. Like, I mean, they had four dudes make thirty starts. Everybody was healthy. I mean, the, the, it's, the most remarkable thing about last year. year. The most remarkable thing about last year was the fact that the Jays' rotation did what it did with Alec Manoa basically a non-factor. Yeah, but your point, and we'll, we'll touch on this with Buck when he joins us. Uh, your your point is well made. That's you know it's another year. They're another year older. Uh, it's a Bass lot of innings. Gosman's thirty three. I mean, they've thrown a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, you know again, if Manoa if Manoa comes back, uh, we'll leave Yariel Rodriguez aside for now. But mm-hmm. if Manoa comes back, you've got Manoa, Kikuchi, Barrios, Gosman, and um, on paper it looks good. Bass, it looks really good. It clear, clearly clearly the strength. I may of the ask team. you a question. And that may be the most frustrating thing Before, about that what? may be the most frustrating thing about last year was the fact that that was the type of pitching yep. that historically wins playoffs. Let me ask you a question. Today, are they a better team today than they no. were in the playoffs? No. Uh, see, I, I – boy, that just – that with with who's gotten better in the American League East and how the the American League just as a whole is going to – it's going to be a little all over the place, right? You could have some teams bounce up there. And with what you – the unknowns with the Rays and where the Red Sox are at – um, it's a big, it's a question. This is also going to be the first time in a while that there will be a lot of emphasis on prospects in spring training. Uh, Ross Atkins was pretty clear in his conversation. Uh, Tampa during the general manager's availability is one of the reasons the Jays opted to go short term with a lot of older guys is the fact that they're at a stage now where they don't want to block somebody. Um, there's no point in having bringing somebody in on a four-year deal at second base if you think you've got somebody else here who can play second base. Now, I, I'm not saying that I agree with it, but I'm saying that's the Jays. They're, they're in a position now where they're looking to Addison Barger and Arelvis Martinez. At some point mm-hmm. in the next two years, both of those guys are going to be here. So that is part of the equation. Whatever we think about it, mm-hmm. whatever any of you think about it, Ross Atkins is pretty clear. They are planning. Essentially, they're planning for the next group of minor leaguers to come in. Addison Barger, Elvis Martinez, Ricky Tiedemann. It's going to be a lot of focus, a lot of focus on those three guys this spring. Yeah, I don't know about Elvis Martinez. It's raw. I mean, we all know he's got power. I mean, it's got he's got bias written all over him. Like he's very all over the place with his swing, his mechanics. I mean, he's got a big swing. Again, I know, you know, why they brought up the the AAA hitting coach. And I mean, it's sort of the writings on the wall. I'm not sure about both, especially when where they're at as an organization, who they have in their rotation, who their core, core is a a weird way to say it. They have some veteran guys in the room. I'm not sure trying to teach a couple of young guys how to have quality at bats and big league at bats. No one's saying they're both going to be up here this year. I said at some point in the next two years, both of those guys. It'll it'll be a disappointment if they're not up here. Can he play second? Like there's some unknowns defensively. I mean, this year they got a DH, right? And they're going to sort of maneuver that around with their guys that play every single day now the barger thing he's left-hander he's a left-handed bat which they don't have a lot of that can have party out front which is a big deal right guy that's left-handed that can hit a home run late in the game and is young and hitting velocity i mean that's a big deal he would be the one guy for me play a little outfield line you're probably not gonna you know throw everything off on him but if you wanted that guy that could maybe give you an at bat late in the game against a tough bullpen arm that throws hard 
against a right-handed pitcher, I, I would think he would be, for me anyway, the one guy you'd want to point at. Speaking of bullpen, you are the only person I know <laughs> who is concerned about the bullpen. Oh, I, I've, I've said I, I have had a hard time going all in on Jordan Romano. But I, I, I honestly don't know, why, I don't know why that is. I have a lot of people telling me it's, a, it's stupid. That's fine. Um, but even even that aside, I don't have. You said Jordan Romano. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying I don't have, I don't have an issue with this bullpen because one no. thing this team's always been able to do is put a bullpen together. Yeah. And you know what? If you are contending, it is the easiest thing at the trade deadline to acquire. Yeah, you got to get to the trade deadline and be relevant. That's the thing, right? That that's What's why. Your, what, what is your issue with this bullpen? Well, issue is early on. It's probably it's probably not. They got enough veteran guys down there who know how to add and subtract and get a tough left-handed hitter out. I think more for me, it's about the rotation. Again, that's why last year we came on this show saying they need 890 innings from the rotation. They're yeah. older this year. How do you be top five and towards the end of the season? You don't have to ask out loud the Blue Jays staff or who runs this team if they think Jordan Romano can get them to a World Series. When they had Hicks, they told you without telling you that because they had to abuse him and just maybe because of stuff and what you've seen, I mean, we're not busting on Jordan Romano. It's facts. They told you that. They had Hicks here. They'd rather throw Hicks the ninth inning when it mattered in September than Romano, which... Whether that's right or wrong or not, they're telling you how they felt about Jordan Romano. So I'm not saying it's an issue. I just think when I asked the question to Pete Walker about how you get the older, some of the older guys in the rotation to give you, because if they give you innings because of the way they pitch and just the way they go about it, they will be really good. And it will take tons of pressure off of that whole pin. Will Chad Green help? Absolutely. Now, that'll be the interesting thing is when they are comfortable giving Chad Green the ninth inning, what does that do to Jordan Romano? Because it's happening. I mean, that's why they gave him two years. It's happening. Like, they feel comfortable in that part of it. You know, the people you talk to around this team, that's what they're gearing up for is the Chad Green when it matters the most. So, I'm not saying it's okay to have a couple of those guys. Uh, again, I, it's just there's a – this is what I said – you better get comfortable and confident in your lineup. And that's why you turn it over to Donnie Baseball to help that along quicker so it takes a little pressure off the rotation, at least early on, to be able to allow Pete Walker and John Snyder to, you know, maybe take them out in five innings in April or early in May and turn it over to a pin because they're scoring more runs. So it's sort of like you're feeding off of one to get to the other. And mm. I, don't, I don't know if it's a worry I'll ask you. They win a World Series with Joe Romano as the closer? Be real. Now, everybody listen to this. Raise your hand. Be real to yourself. Probably not. Like, it's, too it's, early it's, to, it's too early to get me in trouble. You've seen a giant. too early to get me in trouble. You started our show going, welcome to the championship season. Well, everybody calls it okay, the championship. No, not everybody. That used to be the not thing, everybody. the 2024 championship season. Not, it is, not, the, the 2024 championship said, will be decided. They said that what four? This will be the fourth time that I've done this show that they've started the season it's that been way. Longer than four, I know, but this is oh, only I, four I times: yeah, fifteen, that. sixteen, and last year and this year. So, yeah, I, that's all. It's it'll. It's. I'm not saying it's a worry because they got a they got a, 
They filmed their mojo down there. Yeah. Whatever, I, uh, whatever they're trying to do with that, with the different arm angles and the different kind of pitches, right? They got split fingers. They got sliders. They got dudes who pitch backwards. They can pitch up. They got power down there. They got dudes that have been around who understand how to get themselves right. I just... Do they need to add to it a ninth inning guy? Absolutely. For me, anyway, absolutely. Because you can never have too many. That's why it puts a lot of pressure on more for me, the lineup, to allow them to take a little bit of a step back, at least early, with the rotation. So that way the rotation can give them that 890 innings that they have to have to be good at everything. They they made the playoffs 189 games because of their rotation. We agree with that? Can they yes. do that two years in a row, or do they need help from their lineup? I think for me anyway, they need help from their lineup. Yeah, uh, I, I just – I don't know about the bullpen. I, I, is, is the bullpen as it is currently constituted good enough to win a World Series? I don't think it is. But what you see right now isn't what you're going to have at the end of the season. It never is. It, 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 it just – it hasn't been. This organization has always gone out and added an, an arm. The guy that kind of intrigues me in the bullpen is Genesis Cabrera. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to get any ninth inning. I No. But I really liked what I saw him last year. He's got a little bit of, you I'll, know, I'll like you. bleep you. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. got a little bit of that to him. He throws really hard. Um, and that's something... Yeah, you know, it's something I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, I, again though the, the the bullpen the bullpen always changes. It and it's one thing Ross Atkins in this front office has done a pretty good Give job. Them credit. They've they, gone out. They've got, done a good you know, job got, with like, their pitching. People can roll their eyes at Adam Simber. Adam Simber was really good when he first came over here. He Trevor Richards like found money. Yenis's mm-hmm. um, Cabrera last year was good. Um, you know Jordan Hicks. We know it's kind of an interesting story that. I kind of feel bad about because we touched on it very quickly and we should, and then Jordan Hicks told Pete Walker last year, just in a conversation that he wanted to start. Mm. He didn't want to be a reliever mm. and the Jays don't have any room for him as a starter. So he signed a free agent contract with the San Francisco giants. They're going to turn him into a starter. But it was like when this contract was signed, everybody's going, oh my God, this is amazing. I felt yeah. bad because we knew, well, we knew that Jordan Hicks wanted, well, uh, wanted to start. Smart too. You're not good enough to pitch in the eighth and ninth inning and you can, it's easier to add a third pitch than it is be dominant and shut down and think you can get paid like a top-end guy in the eighth and ninth inning. He's looking at himself in the mirror going, I can't do that. So I can make a little bit yeah. more money as a starter. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, I can you, throw, still got throw you still got 100 in the tank. Throw him back in the seventh inning. Back in the seventh inning, exactly. Um, spring training, of course, is a uh, sensory experience. You know, the sights, the smells, the sounds, all that stuff. Uh, which you will experience. I think you're going down to spring training in a couple of weeks, correct, Mondo? Mm-hmm. Going down in the 10th. Yeah. And uh, for me, at least, uh, nothing says spring training or, for that matter, baseball more than the voice of Buck Martin as he is our Blue Jays analyst. As we said before, we got a lot of insiders. I love all our insiders. I love all our analysts. This is the only one who's actually stood in front of a group of 80 baseball players and actually had to make a preseason speech. Yep. So it's always great to get Buck's insight, especially at this stage of the season. Buck Martinez joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on The Fan and Sportsnet. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
right, we've got a little bit of news to take care of before we uh, bring Buck Martinez on. The Boston Red Sox have just announced officially that they have signed Liam Hendricks to a two-year contract with a mutual option for the 2026 season. So, of course, Liam Hendricks uh, has his T-shirt says struck out cancer last year and mm-hmm. a friend of the show, former Absolutely. Blue Jay, and uh, we're really, 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 really pleased for Liam Hendricks. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's great. To uh, that's just great to see Liam back in the game, and we will uh, we'll we'll endeavor to get him on. Hyunjin Ryu signed a four-year contract with the Hanwha Eagles. Did you play for them? Nope. No. The Hanwha Eagles of the Korean Baseball Organization, twelve point seven million dollars U.S. over four years, which works out to seventeen one. Hmm. Not seventeen wins. He's had a really good career. Good for him. He's had a great career. He has. I and mean, I, it's hard for a lefty to throw over a hard. Yeah. They have the career he's had. Good for him. Uh, a reminder, the Jays opened their Grapefruit League schedule on Saturday. God, I mean, they get right at it. Saturday against the Phillies, and you can catch the game on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and uh, on Sportsnet TV. It's the first of 18 Grapefruit League games you can catch on the Sportsnet radio awesome. network or via live audio stream, sportsnet.ca or the Sportsnet app. Um and, uh, yes, and a reminder, as always, with this show that uh, we're on from 11 to noon Eastern and we will be available via podcast uh, roughly an hour or so after the show ends, depending on how busy everybody is. Mm, it's news to me. Uh, it is the first full squad, uh, first day of full squad workouts for the Blue Jays. Usually that means the manager makes a speech. Buck Martinez is our Blue Jays analyst on Sportsnet, um, former manager, former player. Buck, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's uh, We trust that you're doing well. Give me, tell me the, the best and worst moment <laughs> of any manager's speech you've been involved in, either one you've given or one you listened to. Mm. Well, uh, good morning, boys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, that's an interesting question. The uh, Obviously, uh, when you have a speech that you have to talk about somebody that's injured or somebody that hasn't reported yet and you're not sure if they're going to sign, those types of things are difficult. But obviously, when you have a situation like John Snyder where everybody's optimistic about the upcoming season, it's a pretty positive speech, and I'm sure we'll hear from him later on this afternoon. Uh, How important is it to, you know, like Kevin talked about this um, a, a little earlier. Uh, given the way the season ended, everybody's turned the page. It is a new season, all that stuff. But given the way last season ended, does John have to say anything about that at all? Does he have to address that at all? Or is it just a matter of 2024 is here? This is what we got. This is where we're going. Jeff, he's done all of that in the winter. He did that right at the end of the season. He literally visited with every player and talked about the entire situation. What went on in the last game? What uh, what their goals are for this year? So he's addressed that. He doesn't have to talk about that. That's uh, that's gone. That's in October. Uh, yeah, it finished up uh, horribly for the Blue Jays and the fans and everybody involved in the organization. But uh, you can't get it back. And you know what? They know what they have to improve upon. The attention to detail I've seen so far in this camp, and there have been guys down here now for 10 days, two weeks, and mm-hmm. they're, uh, everybody's, uh, you know, like they say, everybody's in the greatest shape of their life. <laughs> but uh, you can certainly see the focus on 
the details. And I think that's what this team needs. Uh, they made a lot of stilling mistakes. They made a lot of base running mistakes. They were near the bottom in the league in base running. They're paying attention to those things. But when you look at the guys individually, they're motivated. They're having a good time, and they're working hard. Uh, Buck, in 2024, how does a coach try and, you know, conquer all of these things you're talking about, base running? And, I mean, it just sounds like baseball 101 to me. That's a very individual thing. Like, when I played, because if I ran the bases wrong, I was in double A. Like, that that was my encouragement to not screw it up. And now you're on a team like the Blue Jays, and there is some things, right? Like, there's – Middle-of-the-order guys, Justin Turner, what's he bringing? You know, Alec Manoa, what's he going to bring? How do coaches do this? Like, is this a conversation and is this a, this a very individual thing? Or is it you got to see it play out and sort of let the team and let the individual players figure it out on their own? No, Kevin, I, I think that they have had several meetings as a coaching staff, including DeMarlo Hale, who returns, and Carlos Fabless, who's a, a new third-base coach coming over from Boston. Don Mattingly's got a different role this year, and he's going to be freed up to talk more about offense. But they are going to, and I've had this phrase given to me now for the last couple of weeks, we're going to teach individuals how to play the team game. Hmm. And that is so important in this day and age. Everybody has gotten used to uh, showcase skills. You know, how hard do you hit it? Uh, how far do you hit it? What kind of spin rates you have? How's your velocity? That doesn't mean a thing. How many games can you win? And I think that's the focus for this team now. You know, I don't want to hear any more about, boy, you hit that ball hard. Yeah, but you hit it right at the third base. more they're mad at third base. Hit the ball the other way. Get the guy in from third, especially when you're facing the tough pitchers in baseball. When you got Garrett Cole on the ropes with a man at third base, you better get him in because you're not going to have too many opportunities. And I think that's what this team is focusing on right now. And, you know, everything is pretty much in place, especially with the pitching staff. They've refined Kikuchi's delivery. Barrios has got his confidence back. Bassett and Gosman are terrific. Alec Manoa is in great shape with a smile on his face. The pitching staff is in good shape. Now what they're doing is refining their individual skills to take them to a next level. And Pete Walker, for one, thinks there's a lot more upside in this pitching staff than even we saw last year. What impact will Justin Turner have on this lineup and on the, on the players around him? Well, he's going to hit fourth, and that's important because it makes a difference what your cleanup hitter does. It's not about protection. It's about having effective at-bats and knowing the game situation. Justin Turner can hit with two outs. He can hit with two strikes. He understands in a tie situation late in the game, and he's hitting with two outs. His job is to hit at least a double, and he understands that. So, He's really, really an important asset to this team. And right now, he's in the hitting group with Bowen, Vladdy, and, and IKF, Isaiah kind of Falafa. So they know what he can do, and they understand his impact. You remember, he played for Don Mattingly in the Dodgers. Right. So they already have a relationship. So they think like one another as far as hitting. Now, Mattingly is going to have a different role this year. He's not going to be the bench coach. He doesn't have to worry about defending the running game of the opposition. He can be freed up to talk nothing but approach at the plate with his hitters. And that's his goal. He wants every hitter to have a game plan, every single at-bat, and not waste any at-bat. So I'm really interested to see how this is going to work.
Buck, the most great teams are great at home. Duke Blue Jays were five games above 500. Offensively, they aren't real good, right? It's 21st in homers, 23rd in RBIs, 23rd in runs. Like, they just, for whatever reason, it wasn't talent for me. It was confidence. Like, you know, you hit a ball to right center. You think you got it. You're back spinning it. Don't go where you want it to go, which is in the seats. You're next at bat. You overswing. You try to keep it from going where you just had the out to go to. How do they fix that? How do they get better at home offensively? Well, I think the ballpark has changed. And I, I think with the new configuration of the ballpark, the fact that there's less foul territory in the new configuration, I think that's going to play into it. Those foul pop-ups aren't going to be caught anymore. They're going to be out of play off the field. But the ball didn't carry as well as it had in the past after they brought the seats down to match the fence. There wasn't that airflow over the fence all around the field that created some lift for the baseballs, and it just didn't carry as well. So maybe they have to change their approach a little bit, go first to third, be a little better aggressive base running. And that's why I think they're really emphasizing base running. But at the same time, they gave up a lot of offense when they traded Gurriel and they traded Teoscar. I mean, that's a reflection too. So, I, I, you know, I think that this team, they haven't added any huge bats. They've added a run producer in Turner. Isaiah Kanafalefa, you know, he can play some defense. Uh, Eduardo Escobar is really kind of interesting. He's 35, but he's had some great offensive years in the past. So, you know, I think we're going to see a different approach from this team. You can't just swing from the fences all the time. You've got to be a tough out. And I think that's what Don Mattingly is going to preach. You know, Mattingly only struck out 46 times in his career in a single season. I mean, he put the bat on the ball. And he's going to encourage his players to have a good game plan, be a tough out. And if it's not there for you, pass the baton, turn it over. You know, Buck, that's an interesting point because when I look at the moves that this team did make, I almost get the sense that, you know, there was, they went after Otani. We know how that, that didn't turn out. He went to the Dodgers. But it was almost as if from that point on, the emphasis went from, okay, well, let's spend money on the next best available free agent, which I'm not always a fan of, to, okay, um, we still need to do some things offensively to this group. And I look at this team and the one thing that stands out to me is, you know, if everybody stays healthy and everybody kind of does what they can do, we should see fewer strikeouts from this team, right? So maybe that has something to do with the home ballpark as well. This gets to what you said, take the extra base, work on the base running, take the ball the other way, you know, instead of expecting the blue Jays to have seven guys with 25 home runs, um, it may be something different this year. Yeah, and you need to put the bat on the ball. The game is changing with the new rules the last couple of years and how speed has become an emphasis. Mind you, the Blue Jays aren't going to all of a sudden be the 85 Kansas City Royals or the St. Louis Cardinals. They're not going to have a track meet every night. They don't have that kind of team. But you have to be a good base running team, and you have to be able to go first to third on a base hit. You have to be able to score from first base on a double. Those types of things are created in your mindset when you get into spring training, take an aggressive lead and utilize spring training games to plan and predict what kind of game you're going to have in a regular season. And I think this coaching staff in particular, I think John Snyder's in a great place. He went to his first full season as a manager. He hit some bumps in the road. And I think now he understands he's got to have more freedom to manage what he sees on the field. And I think he's going to do that. Buck, I know how much work you do on the minor league side, getting all your information, going to watch minor league games. Not named Tiedemann. Is there a name that stands out to you 
that can help a championship team this year on the Blue Jays? Chad Dallas, without hesitation. Yeah, he is pretty special. He, uh, You look at his numbers last year, and it was intriguing to me before I ever met him because his numbers are good. He didn't walk many guys. He kept the ball in the ballpark, and he moved up and didn't have any hiccups as he advanced through the system. But I had a chance to visit with him a couple of times already. A very, very aware guy, a very, very heady pitcher. He's made some nice adjustments. He's basically got a, a world-class curveball and a great slider. Now he's working on a cutter and a changeup, but he understands the essence of pitching. He's going to be the guy that's going to be very interesting to me. Another guy that we have seen in the past, but I think he's going to have an impact in a big way, is Bowden Francis. Mm-hmm. He's working on a split finger pitch, and I can think he can be a swing guy. Keep your fingers crossed that these starters stay healthy, but if they don't, all of a sudden, you've got Chad Dallas, Ricky Tiedemann, Bowden Francis, Mitch White, Zach Pop. You know, you might have a, a 12 to 15 man starting staff when you include the minor leagues. That's something they haven't had for a long time. Do you see a Relvis Martinez or Addison Barger having an impact this year? Maybe not out of the gate, um, but during the season. I am a little bit more in the Martinez court than I am in the Barger court hmm. just now. Okay. Uh, uh, I talked with Donnie Mattingly about him the other day, and, and he's made some great adjustments. And he's, what, 22, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's using the big part of the field now where early on, you know, hitters think, i got to pull the ball to hit it out of the ballpark. Well, I've said this for the last couple of years. I think there's an upside in the power department with Martinez that could be somewhere along the lines of George Bell eventually. I think he has that kind of potential. And, um, you know, he's an upbeat kid. He's got a smile on his face all the time. But I think he's a guy that could come very quickly. Uh, He made some good adjustments last year, got off to a horrible start. And everybody was ready to write him off. But he made some adjustments, started cutting down the chase, started striking out less. And I think the power is really going to come to the surface very, very quickly for him. Last question before I let you run. Uh, You've been really gracious with your time. Absolutely. Um, Vladdy, Alejandro Kirk, uh, Alec Manoa, they all, you know, we always joke about being in the best shape of your lives. Uh, certainly Alec Manoa <laughs> looked like a really, really, he, he just looked, it was so nice to see him smile and so nice to see him just seem very confident and, and very comfortable with himself. What is your initial read on those three guys, Buck? And what, do, what do you see from them initially? And are you concerned at all about Vladdy, the fact that he went to arbitration with the team? I know he won, but you know what people say sometimes about arbitration hearings, and Vladdy sat through it. Okay, I'm going to address them individually one at a time. And first I'll go with Alec Manoa. I was thrilled to see him and say hello to him for the first time because he had a big smile on his face. I was kind of concerned that he would come into camp with a chip on his shoulder to say, I'll show you guys I'm not as bad as I was last year. But he has come into camp with a terrific work ethic. He's got himself into great shape. You know, I don't know what the number is, but he's obviously very, very trim. And he's, you know, he's never going to be a Chris Bassett or Kevin Gosman, but he's in great shape for Alec Manoa. That's good. That's going to allow him to move better and get his life back on his pitches. Vladdy, uh, no concerns whatsoever about arbitration. He loves to play baseball. He made a nice contract in arbitration. You know what? You better have thick skin when you go to arbitration because they're going to say some terrible things about you because they're trying to win a case. So he does have thick skin, but he's got a big smile on his face. He's in good shape again. 
Looks quick around the base at first base, and I think he's going to be fine. Uh, now, with Kirky, you know, Hunter Mintz went out to uh, San Diego and worked with him in the offseason, but the biggest thing for him, too, is he got himself in pretty good shape. I mean, he, too, is not going to look like uh, Johnny Bench behind the plate, but he does a hell of a job of catching. Mm-hmm. But because he's lost weight, he's moving better, and that has allowed him to get the ball in the air. You know, everybody harped on double plays and ground balls. He's got to lift the ball. Well, in 20 and 21, he did that. He had the ball in the air, and he hit more consistently because he was in better shape. If your body is carrying an extra 10, 15, 20 pounds, you can't move as freely as you did when you were younger. He addressed that. He's gotten into great shape. And, again, you're never going to mistake him for a bodybuilder or anything like that. But that's who he is, and he's swinging the bat well, and I think he's looking forward to having a very good season. Mm Buck, uh, it's great to talk oh. to you. It's always good to talk to you. Uh, be well. We look forward to uh, your call this weekend, the Jays and the Phillies, and uh, thanks for this. You're the best, buddy. Take care, man. All right, man. You guys uh, have a good day. Thanks for having me on, and we'll see you on Saturday. Awesome. Absolutely. Buck Martinez, Blue Jays analyst on Sportsnet. It got me already worked up. Yeah, because he he, he he's, you know, I, like I said, he... Uh, um, you know he's had to make that speech, and he's had to, and I and I think it, it it's interesting you could hear from Buck that even even Buck is on the, the you know you talked about last year last year with these guys during the exit interviews. Let's let's move on, and that's something you're going to hear I think from this organization. Interesting though, uh, Buck talked about uh, hearing an awful lot about a team wide approach to the game <laughs> as opposed to an individual. I thought we approach. heard that last year. Well, we did that. We heard that. We also heard attention to detail a lot last year. A lot. But I, I, th- I think there may be something here, though, with – you've talked about the ballpark. Buck acknowledged it. I mean, gee whiz, uh, 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 you know, Bo Bichette acknowledged it. I, I think maybe – maybe the emphasis this year is going to be – I'm not saying this team played for the home run last year, but maybe – just looking at the the guys they've added, Turner, you know, IKF. They mm-hmm. don't have Chapman anymore. There's no more feast or famine, which there quite often was with Chapman. To me, yeah. this is a new kind of approach. Put the ball in play. You know, we already know they're gonna they're gonna focus on run prevention, and they've got starting pitch. Because so maybe maybe that's where we are with this team. Yeah. I, you know, you know me. Yeah, I'd rather see I'd rather see a 450 foot three run home run yeah. than a couple of gappers, but. The hell, I mean, yeah, if, yeah. if your team can't hit home runs, you got to win somehow. Yeah, yeah, you got. I mean, you got to have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, surrounded with a bunch of punch and Judy guys who who are thinking about going the other way all the time. Blue Jays don't have that. I mean, the fir- first four guys in their order, they thinking that they thinking letting it travel and slap it to right. Absolutely, Bo's not even thinking that early in counts. And we had a conversation about him. So you thinking think they're about still going to be going up there? Out in front. Yeah. Look, the approaches are very individual. What, listen to Buck. You're thinking more about the base running, like you're right. thinking, you know, and that little thing about Vladdy getting picked off at I second. I was about to say that's the thing that everybody yeah. remembers. And obviously, you're going to bring it to everybody's attention. And everybody knows sort of. What has to happen at least early in the season? For me, anyway, we understand it's pitching and defense. We get it. Yeah. They got to get frisky offensively. Let's not lie. Like, they got to do some things offensively, and that's a very individual thing. Not everybody's capable of doing the same approach that, like, George Springer's different than Kevin Biggio. George Springer ain't butting nobody over. 
Like, that's the thing, right? Well, I you think, want 80 stakes from George Springer. No, I, I think that's but, what you want. But I think there's a danger in just assuming that saying you're you're going to have a different offensive philosophy automatically means that you're going to be bunning guys over. And it, 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 that's not it. It's just, Vlad I think, got a I think it's, a, I think it's, what is, what is Vlad I think it's a different, I, I think it's, I, I think it's just Vladdy's a different all-around approach, approach. is right center. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't eliminating a lot of the movement. I mean, I saw his, his swings in the cage. I mean, he's eliminated a little bit more hand movement. You can tell, I mean, he's getting his hands back a little bit more. Welcome to the party. Like you, you got to do those things, right? He's got too many parts. You ever seen him with a two-strike approach? You want Vladdy to have a two-strike approach? I guess I want Vladdy to hit 40 big ones. Because he hits in the middle of the order. That's the thing, right? Be a tough out. Be the best you. Every you is different. And I just don't understand that. That gets back to that trust thing. And that conversation can't be the same for everybody. You're trying to win a World Series? Like, that, that part of it I don't really get. The, the baseball IQ, that's individual. you got to want to run them bases. You're going to want to act like you care when you ground out to short Alejandro Kirk to make it look like you're a big leaguer and run a ball out to first. Like, those are individual things. Worry about other things is my point. Like, <laughs> like you're the – I get it. But, man, have we heard this before. Look, that's all it took, right? Hey, holy moly. Fired up. Oh, yeah, look. Uh, we've heard we make, you know what that's called? Make our that's called eyewash. Where did we make Let's our picks? Let's put that in our eyes so everybody pays attention to spring training. Uh, that's it for us. We made it th- through the first show. 416-413-3959 is <laughs> the back leg line. We'll uh, go to the back leg line every Friday. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Reminder, you can catch us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Have a great day.